o'clock. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to They Came to Play. This has been functioning as a podcast for most of the footy season, but it will be on ABC Radio right around the country through the AFL final series. As I welcome my teammates here today, Tess Armstrong. Hello. Hi, Limo. How are you? Very well, thank you. And Danny McGinley. G'day. Go dogs! Very excited for the finals. Uh, yes, well... <laughs> We're not in it, so it's stress-free for me. Well, for people who are playing along for the first time, Danny McGinley, of course, passionate Bulldogs fan, Tess Armstrong... Passionate tiger. Yes, and I'm a hawk. So um, what I will be doing today, ladies and gentlemen, is just pitting these two against each other. Yeah. It's the first time ever that tigers and hawks are facing each other in a final. And these two, normally the best of friends, mortal enemies for the next few days. Yeah, that's how I've been feeling. Do you know, for listeners, it is fun. We are the three previous premierships sitting yes. in this room. So there is great success yeah. uh, sitting around us. And the most previous one, about to go back to back. Yeah, hey. Okay, all right. You're getting Getting confidence, Tess, which I haven't really seen from you. I know, it's weird. Uh, This year it is a little bit weird. It doesn't suit. We have to reintroduce ourselves to all these new listeners. Tess is normally uh, panic stations at any moment. She's yes. been burnt by the Tigers so many times. She's she's given us 55 reasons why they won't win the flag over the last few weeks. Uh, we encourage you to join the conversation too. Our SMS number 0437 774 774. You can comment on anything we're chatting about today and we encourage you to do so. But specifically, we have with us today... Uh, you may know him on Twitter as Sir Swamp Thing. We call him Swamp. He's joined us. Hello, Swamp. G'day. How are we? All? Very well. Now, Swamp, if you haven't uh, met him before or you're not familiar with his work, he is a statistical guru. Oh, better than guru. What's better than guru? Well, he's the, he's the next level. He's yeah. beyond guru. We encourage he's Yoda you, of stats. Hit us up on the SMS. If you have a statistical question uh, in the VFL, AFL, and trust me, you can ask anything. Yes. Send it through on the SMS. Uh, Swamp will find you an answer. And in about 20 minutes, we'll dedicate a bit of time to answering all of your questions with Swamp. Uh, just to give us a little taste for the kind of work you dish up. Swamp, have you got, got a little uh, thought starter for us? Okay, yeah. So I, th- I thought I'd set a challenge for you guys. Now, this is a question I've always thought someone would ask me and no one ever has. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. It's which player has spent the most weeks at number one on the ladder? Which so player? The, the criteria is you must have played in the game and your side finishes. And your side finishes the, the round top spot on the ladder. Oh, I'm going to guess Michael Tuck. He's in second spot. He's oh. in second spot. Okay, I'm going to guess uh, Sean Burgoyne. Uh, I'll have to look it up, but well Not even the on the ladder. No, not, oh, not, not even, even on in the, the top eight. Right, no. good I think it might be a West Coast Eagle. And I think so. I'm going to say someone like, okay, that face you're yeah. already giving me is I think it's not someone from West Coast. I'm narrowing yeah, it down the other yeah, way. I don't know. I was well. going to say Peter Swimich or something. Uh, Dustin Fletcher? No. Okay. No, what Fletcher. era are we, we talking, uh, Swamp? <laughs> All right. This could turn into bad radio very quickly. So perhaps <laughs> yeah. give us the answer. I'll give you the answer. It's Ron Barassi. Oh, really? seven weeks. Oh, oh Michael Barassi. Michael Tuck, second on 98. 
98 weeks wow. at number one. Yeah. Uh, not bad. Excellent. Uh, who sp- do you know who spent the longest on the bottom of the ladder? Oh, I will have to check. I could tell you off the top of my head that Luke Power has spent at least eight weeks in every ladder position from one through 18. That's right. not bad. Oh, that's okay. fun. Okay, um, great. These are just a sample of the skills that Swamp has. So send your statistical questions through and we'll have the answers for you very yeah. shortly. No question is too obscure for this man. <laughs> I once asked him which players whose names sort of rhyme have birthdays right next to each other. Can you name And He sent me like three or four. <laughs> Some questions are too obscure. <laughs> 0437 774 774 is the SMS number. Uh, now, across the year when we've presented this as a podcast, we've reviewed the weekend's game. But this, of yeah, course, yeah. Uh, is the buy round. Uh, and Tess, I believe that you have been on Player Watch over I, the last week. You need to keep a track on your players. A lot of the time it's Richmond players in case that they injure themselves. What did Callum Mills do this year? Walking to the cafe, throwing an American football, oh, tripped over a fence and was out for the rest of the year? Yeah, some sort of chain fence, yeah. yes. So I'm yeah. often quite nervous that's going to happen to my team, so kind of keep yep. little, little tabs. Did, did you have... see Justin Lepich on front bar talk about the, how he injured his back that ended his career? No. He oh. slept wrong. Oh, my oh, really? goodness. Yeah. And that ended his career? That ended is his career. Can Go I on. just clarify? I have not been keeping tabs on them in their beds, and so that I do not have. <laughs> okay. I do not have How any are you data. Sleeping, Dusty. <laughs> You've been told you're not allowed in this house. <laughs> <laughs> just, just close your eyes. I actually have some breaking player news. Oh, really? Uh, so the West Coast Eagles next weekend will take on Collingwood. Right? All very nervous. All very exciting. Nat Newey still out probably for the rest of the year. Their ruckman Scott Lysette has told the club apparently that he wants to leave them and go to Port Adelaide. Ooh. That's coming from WA today, so okay. I haven't confirmed myself, but that is quite big news. All right, break, but genuine breaking, breaking news. Breaking player, watch yeah. news. Okay. I feel thrilled to bring that to the table. Mm. Another thing I'm thrilled to bring to the table, Adam Trelaw, the team that uh, what West Coast will be taking on, mm. has been filling in as the juniors coach and runner at Noble Park Football Club. Oh. So that is awesome. That's what he's been up to. Very wholesome activities in his day off. The Brisbane Football Club was spotted outside the kebab shop in the valley, so that's not as wholesome. <laughs> what, the whole uh, the whole team? Just a few of them. Wow. <laughs> not I looking th- thrilled. I must say, Tess, on that, I, I've heard no real reports from uh, Mad Monday this year, so oh. it seems everyone's been pretty well behaved. Well, wow. I, I, I could be breaking a, I could be talking out of school and breaking a big story, but I can <laughs> confirm uh, that the, the my team, the Bulldogs, Western Bulldogs. Yes. Uh, they they don't they didn't have Mad Monday. They they waited till Wednesday so they could have their exit interviews and they do it the next day. So it's Wacky Wednesday. Okay. So yes. it was just this Wednesday gone. Uh, I don't know what what happened, but I do know they all got together and the next morning there was a massive industrial fire in Footscray. Right. Possibly had a big one. You know. Oh, right. <laughs> wow. Liver's okay. a loose unit. That's <laughs> a <laughs> dangerous result there from the uh, from the Western Bulldogs. You know how they say that young people don't get into trouble anymore because they're too busy on their computers. You know, they're on social media. They're not even out and about. You know, that's what they say. Drinking numbers are down for teens because they're online. Now, Mitch McGovern hasn't been on Mad Monday, rumoured to be leaving, you know, the Adelaide Crows, which would be devastating for them. Yeah. Here's his Instagram action, though. Some players he's been following on Instagram. Patrick Cripps, Charlie Curnow, (gasps) Matt Wright, Mark Murphy. So he's getting to know the Carlton boys. What do you reckon? Now, oh. I haven't confirmed. Yeah, this is good. The... This is very good gear, Tess. So he's just <laughs> yeah. he, he's just started following those guys? Apparently. According to the internet, oh. which you know could be untrue, but that is what we know. Oh, so you, didn't, you know. didn't go to his Instagram and look at the last few people he's followed? I was followed. going to go and see if he's been doing it to other clubs too, but I yeah. think he might be staggering them. He might be throwing you off the track. 
Oh, he's so good. Because he's very, they're very clever, the McGovern's. They are doing that. McGovern does sound like, like just that last name sounds like a villain in an 80s detective yeah. show. McGovern's at it again. Yeah. yeah. He's always up to no good. Now, Nick Nat Newey has been raising ch- uh, money for sick children, which won't surprise you at all. And Daisy Pierce is pregnant with twins. So she's probably had the biggest off season uh, of everybody. Uh, she probably has. So Daisy Pierce will be due to give birth to the twins roughly when the. AFLW Grand Finals yep, played. Yeah, about March next roughly. year. Roughly. So could she be faced with a tough choice? Play the Grand Final <laughs> or be at the birth of her children? You know, I, I wonder o- what she'll choose. Any other player, you'd go, ah, oh, that's, that's a hilarious joke. I, could, I, I reckon Daisy would be. I could see her being like Serena Williams. She could do it. That's just, right. Yeah, win the, win the well, what's the AFLW Brownlow? It's just the MVP, I think. Oh, the just called, they don't have a name yet. MVP. Well, it should be called the Katie Brennan Award. <laughs> 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 Maybe uh, wait like a few years. Like a ch- Charles had a few years to become true. the best. Anyway, we'll we see. we are getting some questions through on the SMS for Swamp. We've put it out to you. Ask any question you like. Yep. Uh, and Swamp is the statistical guru. He will find the answer for you. Uh, so we'll, Swamp, we'll give you a couple of questions here, sure. and we're going to come back to you in about fifteen twenty minutes for some answers. Uh, <laughs> first up, are there any AFL clubs who have had players? <laughs> oh wow. Are there any AFL clubs who've had players who first letter of their surname? <laughs> See, yes. Danny McGinley, what you yes. started here? Yes! First letter of their surname covers every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> Does that make sense? Hang on. Is there a name? Sure. So, I'm not sure what that means. So Hang players on. on the list, yep. first letter of the surname is the whole alphabet covered. Like as in so if you've got a, a Dustin Martin, that's Z, M. You've got Z, a Troll yeah, okay. Adams, etc., etc. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the second one here... Uh, Simon Madden of Essendon for the most games at number one, or Bruce Dool. Uh Well, we now know that it's Ron Barassi, but with Simon Madden and Bruce Dool, did they figure uh, on your on the top Surely. or near the top of your list? Surely, Dool would be um, higher than Madden. But anyway, we'll leave those a uh, couple of bits and pieces with Swamp. That's Richie from Traugan. So, is there any other player watch that we know, Tess? Because I've done some some research as well. Have you? Yeah, Over you. Regular listeners of They Came to Play will know that we are all big fans of Brownlow favourite Tom Mitchell. Very big fans. Now, Lemo's voice and you know exasperated groans over there makes it sound like we're being negative, but we're not. Earlier in this season, all we wanted was to help Bruce McAvaney out with his post-Brownlow interview by yeah. finding out some interesting things about Tom Mitchell. Because what is just, he like? Just be nice, you two. We are okay. being nice. No, He's we a are very nice. good player. We've just got a theory, and we've we've espoused it on the podcast many times. But what do you, just listeners out there, think of something you know about Tom Mitchell that isn't footy-related. Yes. There's nothing, is there? So the only logical explanation is he's a robot. He has been built by Alistair Clarkson, then cleverly sent him off to Sydney. Genius coach. Brought him back, and he is, he's, he's a robot. And I've done some player watch. He spent the bye weekend <laughs> yes. recharging the batteries. <laughs> yes, Danny. By plugging himself into the wall. <laughs> then he had an oil bath, and then he, he went to change his name from uh, Tom yeah. Mitchell to three of 22. Yeah. <laughs> Very good gear, yeah. <laughs> All right, this has been, uh, I mean, listeners to the podcast will be across this thread that's been running. <laughs> For a while. Uh, nicely done. And I believe, uh, Tess, you've also not only been on Player Watch, but you've been on Omen Watch. I have been on Omen Watch. I love an Omen. And I also love history and, and footy nostalgia. I have an amazing book that everybody should have with them, which is 100 Years of um, Aussie Rules, which is incredible. Now, Melbourne and Geelong are both facing off in the finals this week. So I went back 120 years to find out what was happening 
in Geelong this year, right, 1898. Teddy Rankin, Geelong player at the time, yep. missed the entire season with typhoid fever. So wow. that is negative, right? That's a bad time. Well, typhoid, I've never seen typhoid on an injury list. It's not the osteo, what are they used to have? Osteitis pubis of the 1890s. And then 100 years ago for Melbourne, right? I looked back and I thought, what was Melbourne up to um, in that year? And that was, they played St Kilda, right, in okay. the finals. And that seems all pretty wonderful. But the... <laughs> <laughs> the headline reads, Faulty Bell gives Saints a victory. And so this is from August in 1928 where Melbourne were taking on St Kilda and they used to sound the end of the game with a bell. And the bell, the crowd was so, so loud that nobody heard the bell. The right. umpires didn't hear the bell. Melbourne were leading. They didn't hear the bell. They kept playing. And in the period of time before the crowd was able to tell the umpire the bell's been rung. Oh, so Kilda got a goal. Don't tell me. Yes. And they defeated Melbourne at the last minute. They were literally saved by the bell. Now, Zach Tui. <laughs> oh, depending which side you're looking well, at. Yeah. Kilda, <laughs> Kilda were literally saved <laughs> yeah, by the yeah. bell. I feel like this, the first, the two times that Melbourne have played Geelong this year, it has come down to the very last second. And I don't think 1928 versus the Saints with the faulty bell bodes very well. You know, it's mm. a wonderful life. They say every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Maybe that was originated from that story. <laughs> Potentially. Every that time is a bell doesn't wing, true. the Saints win. The, so they, I, were, they were saved by the lack of the bell, yeah. really, Yeah. as opposed to being saved by the bell. I also have one more nostalgia point that I want to put to Swamp because I would like to have this uh, clarified. In 1918, July 13, we had an amazing coincidence of the ladder where first played second, third played fourth, fifth played sixth and seventh played eighth all on the same day. So the neighbours. The neighbours mm. on the ladder. Yep. Can you give me something even ladder neighbour related? I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the I'll give you the list. I'll figure it out. Um, but I can tell you earlier this year, I think it was around. It was actually was around eleven. Uh, the top nine sides played the bottom nine sides. Oh, that's fun. Um, but I'll find you. you okay. Did any of the bottom the most nine consecutive sides, kind of? Did any of the bottom nine sides get up? Oh, I think they would have. We actually had. There was one round last year where um, all the sides that were sitting lower on the ladder won. Oh, really? I, so yes. I, I, rem- I remember that round, yeah. All yeah, the, it was all the fairly underdogs early won. in the season, about round eight or nine, I think. Yeah. Mm, that's fun. That's good gear. Okay, I'm on, I'm on that Go one. Go back to that. Good omen watch. Thank you. Uh, it's Sorry, so- Melbourne fans. It's better than typhoid. <laughs> it's Maybe a, losing after the bell is better than typhoid. It's better, hard to say. Better than typhoid. Their memberships like for next year. Join the demons. Hashtag better than typhoid. Better than typhoid. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Uh, now I don't know if anyone was watching a VFL yesterday. A yeah. lot of people may have been because speaking uh, of Omen Watch, there's no AFL. Well, very quickly. Firstly, mm. I was watching the live stream of the Box Hill Hawks play Port Melbourne, uh, which Great was game. a draw. It went to extra time. Unbelievable uh, game. Hawks getting up in the end. Uh, but last night at Punt Road, uh, Richmond took on Williamstown. And let's have a listen to the commentary uh, at the uh, at the Punt Road last night. So the Richmond midfielders just folded back then, which just released Ben Jolly to run the extra 10 metres and get a deep inside 450 entry. Just lost some lights here, as you can probably notice. The temporary ones and one of the permanents on the opposite side of the ground as well. Fortunately, where the ball is right now is in the best spot in the entire ground, but they've stopped the play momentarily to see if we can get this sorted out because there are a few dark patches around the oval. It's not ideal for the players. They're going to cool down here. These lights don't come on. 
Lights out at Punt Road Oval. Is that a bad sign, Tess Armstrong? Well, I wish they'd left them out because we didn't come good after that. And also, can I talk to you about a double omen? So last night, the VFL Tigers, unlucky. The AFL Tigers watching on. Also probably unlucky. Today, the wheelchair team took on Collingwood in a grand final, right? Wheel- it was a wheelchair grand basketball? Final. Wheelchair. wheelchair football. Wheelchair. I didn't know that such a thing existed. Richmond and Collingwood's mm. affiliated VWFL teams played today. Richmond lost. Oh. oh, did they? Swamp, has any team ever <laughs> come back from losing the Victorian wheelchair football grand final and had their lights go out in the same weekend and won the grand final. So I'd like to talk up this neighbour's stat. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be- beautifully well done. done, by oh. the way, there, Swamp. Thank you. Yes, I've, uh, I've found you a complete list. It's happened six times. Oh, wow. Uh, 1898, round five. 1901, round five. 1903, round six. 1918, round ten, which was the one you referred to. Mm-hmm. 1927, round 12. And 1967, round nine. Wow, oh. Okay. That's really fun. That Thank is, you. Uh, that is it's very... happened more times than I thought it was going to have happened. Yeah. We're getting a lot of questions coming through uh, on the SMS. Uh, here's one uh, from Andrew in Mount Gambier Swamp. I'll give you the question and we'll check in with you <laughs> shortly for an answer. Sure. What AFL club, uh, current lists, is the tallest? Simply oh, by adding yeah. the players' heights. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they all stood on each other's shoulders. They all stood on each other's shoulders. Which current list awesome. uh, is the tallest? Uh, so it was. Uh, if we needed to reach something that was on a really high shelf, which team should we ask? Which team? Uh, so it was lights out at Punt Road last night, which of course brought back memories of mm. Waverley all those years ago uh, when our very own Nathan Burke was playing yeah. at St Kilda. Let's have a listen to how the commentators saw that night. The ball spills over for a boundary throw in the right forward pocket for the Bombers. They lead by that. Bear margin, 20 points, but uh, in the context, hello, we might really have a... Amazingly, here at Waverley, in round 10, St Kilda playing Essendon in Saturday night football, there has been some sort of power failure. Five minutes or four minutes, 47 seconds to go of the third quarter. The Bombers were leading by 20 points, and the whole place is in darkness. There's now some, I guess, some safety lights pointing over the ground in front. We see the Essendon huddle with Kevin Sheedy. The St Kilda players are down with Stan Owls on the bench. And really, these are night lights, not the power of the lights. And everything just went black as we think Ryan O'Connor had a free kick or perhaps a shot at goal. So the margin's either 20, 26 points, or he might have even kicked a point, Ian Robertson. <laughs> Dear, I think it's hilarious, actually, Malcolm. Now, one of the problems here, of course, is uh, not knowing the rule. I don't think there is a rule on this year. Uh, I don't think there was a rule on that. Anyway, they went back Tuesday night <laughs> to complete that game. And do you remember the out, the the really rubbish decision that James Hurd was allowed to play? He didn't. He wasn't playing in the original game, yeah. and then he was allowed to play in the the top up quarter. Yeah. And I believe, and Nathan Burke reckons he picked up about thirty five touches in <laughs> yeah. thirty five minutes. So uh, Swamp, outrageous. I believe you have a stat on this particular oh, actually, game. No, yeah, I can tell you, there was fifty one players played in that that particular game because it was played over the the two different days. Oh. Um, now you might actually remember. Um, so Maddie Lappin played in, in that game back in 96. But there was also the, uh, in 1999, there was a fire at the MCG, the scoreboard caught fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maddie Lappin played in that game as well. Wow. Right. 
There was a fire in the St Kilda wrestling game. Remember the fans just got on the field and started burning stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah, and they that's stole it. That's too. true. And they yeah. stole a point. And then the lights was... eventually came on. Char- Charlie Pickering, comedian, he, he was there, and he said he was on the field near the fire, and then all the lights <laughs> go on. And when it was dark, everyone had a real sort of Lord of the Flies, yeah, let's go, and then the lights came on, and everyone was like... Oh yeah, um, we're all adults. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is weird. We can see each other's faces. Now. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh not the first time the lights have gone out, but it did happen at Punt Road Oval last night. But they did manage to finish the game there mm-hmm. uh, last night. Now, uh, Danny, we're all passionate fans in we here. Are. Sadly, yes. the Bulldogs uh, aren't playing finals, yeah. and that might disappoint you. It does. But some fans take their passion to whole new levels, don't they? Yeah. So it's around this time of year when your your footy team is out that you start looking to your other sports mm. that you like. You know, I'm a, yeah. and I'm a big Melbourne Victory fan. They haven't, they, you know, that season doesn't start for about six weeks. <laughs> so I was looking up the other teams I like. You know, Baltimore Ravens. You know, New York Mets, mm-hmm. Chicago Cubs, uh, New York Knicks is my New York Knickerbockers, the oh, only yes. team in the world named after underpants. That's why they're my team. <laughs> I went to see and the Knicks are always terrible. That you know they, they haven't made finals. In in five years, and I was just looking up Nick's news. There is a fan over there named Evan Perlmutter, I think his name is. Yes. He is a diehard Knicks fan, and he went on a rant about how he hates the Knicks. He loves the Knicks, mm-hmm. but he hates the Knicks. I think all sports fans can relate to you, your love-hate relationship with your team. So he's decided he will auction off his fandom <laughs> for a year. It, it was on eBay. You, you pay money, and he will go for your team. He started the bidding at $1,973, US dollars, 1973, the last time the Knicks won the, the yes. world championship. Wow. He got three and a half grand. No, by a Lakers fan. He will go for the naked oh. Lakers. And how will he? Year. Are there rules around how he has to barrack for the Lakers? Yep, he has to go to what, two two get two matches live. Even though he'll still live in New York, he's yeah. going to go to an away game. Obviously, when they play the Knicks, yeah. and he's going to fly over to Los Angeles and watch <laughs> a Lakers game. And does he have to buy a membership in amongst this as I, well? I, he has. Oh, he has to bet on their over unders. I'm not really okay, across yeah, the gambling sure. or whatever. Yeah. And I, I assume he's going to buy merch and and fully uh, come like LeBron James has gone to the Lakers, so he's excited about that. Now, Nick's owner is a guy called James Dolan, who is a very cantankerous man. Has uh, he's yeah the Knicks are, as I said are terrible. A few fans have said things, made snark comments as he walks past, and he has got right in their face and screamed at them. Wow! Right. He's okay. put out a statement this week <laughs> saying we do not, we will not miss this attention grabbing gentleman at Madison Square Garden. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's gold. Yeah, that makes me love the Knickerbockers even more. <laughs> right. So, have you ever thought of like you know, Yeah, we've all experienced heartbreak in this room with our footy teams. Not Lima, of course, being a Hawthorne fan, but Tess, you and I have yeah. experienced heartbreak. Have you ever thought about just, you know, giving up and going on another team? Hardly because I'm extremely stubborn. However, during the 2009, <laughs> 2010, my whole family are St Kilda people and I am not. And that those years were quite challenging because watching those grand finals, I was barracking so hard for St Kilda and I was surrounded by my family. It was yeah. a really nice experience. And I thought, how nice is this to all, you know, all be barracking for the same team? Uh, but no, it didn't last very long. I thought, no, St Kilda aren't for me. In fact, unnatural. And I like going to football by myself. So I don't mind being the only Richmond person in my family. Mm. That's my take. I know a few years ago, uh, Mick Malloy jumped off the tie. That's a great story. Well, well, they lost their first eight or nine games in a row. Was that 2014? It was 2010. 2010. And he said, bugger this, I'm barracking for the storm. 
Yeah. So started well, following the Melbourne Storm. Oh, and, okay. And that was the that was the salary cap year when they lost well, all their points. And it was like I just can't take a trick here. So he, had, he was here for two teams that had, had zero premiership points. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they had two teams halfway through the year, no points. Uh, now, Swamp, I'm going to give you one more question. We'll come sure. to you very shortly. Uh, this is from Richie, and he says, "I've been using a footy factors gospel." And it's that Taraugan is the only town slash city slash suburb to have different consecutive Brownlow medal winners, being Templeton and Quinlan. He says, I hope it's correct. Otherwise, I'm going into hiding. <laughs> uh, What's this guy's name? Sorry, the so his, name is, his name is Richie, and he's saying that Taraugan is the only... Uh, Richie, you're a man after my own heart. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of of saying some facts with confidence when I haven't fully researched them. (laughs) All right, well, let's see if... That one I may have to pass on for this week. Oh, oh, yes. Richie should win a prize. Can, can we give him I don't know, that newspaper or something? It may require too much digging, uh, that one there. It's a uh, time factor more than anything so, else. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can come back to us and we can pass it on. Okay. This is the joy of radio. We will get to Swamp in uh, just a moment. Do we have some highlights of the year, guys, before we uh, get to Swamp? I just wanted to give a shout-out to the re-rise. What's the re-rise? It's not really a thing. Uh, of re- long-sleeve jumpers. I'm going with it. Oh, the, now, re- the emergence? Re-emergence? Re-emergence, yeah, I think yep. so. Now, I love long-sleeve jumpers. I think they're very romantic and they belong as a winter sport. You know, I'm from mm. the, I'm from a very cold town and so long-sleeves are, are, are a joy. And Tom Stewart, new Geelong fan, two years in, big advocate for the long sleeve jumper and has made the all Australian team. And I think it's because of the long sleeve jumper. And he was That's the only one there say. in a long sleeve blazer. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, now I believe they all we... wanted to cut off their blazers to get their guns out. <laughs> it was really shocking. unfortunate. We did have a uh, Tom Stewart question for Swamp on the SMS, oh. and it's that Tom Stewart made the All Australian team after 42 games. Has any player made the All Australian team in fewer games? Good uh, that's question. From question. Alex in Melbourne, Swamp. Uh, yes, I can tell you. He, he overall he comes in 29th on the list. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a few players managed to do it in their first year, so. Um, we're looking at Nigel Smart, Andrew McKay, and Mark Bairstow, um have all, all managed to do it in 20 games. In 20 games? Into the All-Australian team after 20 games. Correct. Wow. Right. Not right. bad. Fair there enough. you go, uh, Alex, in Melbourne. Uh, that's your answer there. Uh, Danny McGinley, highlight of the year? My highlight of the year is was the uh, number of brilliant uh, derby matches. There was uh, every time mm-hmm. that the two the, the two mm. uh, battles of the bridge, I guess you call it, the two Sydney Giants games yes. were both very close. Uh, Sydney got got them both, I think. The, even the Q clashes, even though Gold Coast yeah. and Brisbane were down the bottom of the ladder, yeah. they were really tense uh, games. The, the the Derby in Perth, they they were a bit more one sided, but you know there's an exception to every rule. But the showdowns, oh. two of the best footy matches of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, those uh, that first showdown was game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was an absolute blinder. I think Port were down by three goals with two minutes forty-seven yep. seconds left or something. Yep, and won the game. And Mitch McGovern nearly won the game for them. And yep. then Motlock wins the game for Port. It was just extraordinary. It was so exciting. And to have another close one a few months later, it's. It's amazing. The worst part about losing those sorts of matches is you know when you lose a classic, you know it's going to be replayed over oh, and yeah. over. And classic matches. Yeah, at least I got one each. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it true. evens out. Yeah. You know, everybody gets to go home feeling good about themselves and neither of them play finals. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> that is their win of the year. So uh, I have been loving the commentary from our grandstand team oh, right yeah. across the year and I'm going to play a package of goals of the year because there have been some belters this year, mm. but I love the passion with which our grandstand commentators have delivered us these goals. Spoiled by Scharenberg. It bounces. No! Oh! I believe it. Higgins killed the oh. lives and then snapped it over his head. Over the top to Ablett. Gaz runs to 50. Bangs long. Oh, we miss him, mate. Sheridan runs into the right forward pocket. Goes for goal from 50 out. Wonderful goal. At the fall, Higgins. What a third quarter this man's having. Oh, he's the elite of the elites. Nudged off it by Thomas. Goes to ground, gets up, gathers in the pocket and snaps a brilliant goal on his left boot. Josh Thomas has pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Picked up by Fantasia from the pocket. You are kidding. Balls. Huge float from the side, didn't mark, but he does rove. And it doesn't matter anyway as he floats the kick towards goal. It might go through. Jack didn't take the mark. But Jack kicked the spectacular goal. Sidebottom takes the mark. He gets Collier off the ground on the mark, runs around in, closes to 50, right out, steal Sidebottom with a signature moment in his milestone game. Hawkins, yes, didn't quite bring it in, but he gets through some heavy traffic. Left foot snap, brilliant goal. Tommy Hawkins. Franklin's there again with two to beat, didn't mark, did rove. Pribbling ball, turn the game on your head, buddy. Form of Aspen, oh. runs it straight to Stephen, who kicked an awe of a goal. Hand pass comes to Menzel, who bends oh. it back for one of the goals of the year. The rope by McCluggage, who kicks an absolute pearl. Picked up in the pocket by Caddy, seems to like playing against Essendon, bouncing ball, he's kicked a miracle goal. Pull it through traffic, sold some candy, now to finish, and he does. Ball is in dispute, the Swans are trying to get a forward, it's off the ground from McCartan, he's kicked it off the ground, it's a goal! Unbelievable! Unbelievable, he was on the ground, he was on his side, I don't know how he did it, but he did it! Oh, I love the passion from the grandstand commentators. And wow. I love the package, and I love the song choice, Tess. You Thank put you. that together. Yeah, nah, thanks for that. Uh, beautifully done. Well, shall we check in with Swamp? And uh, Yeah, we've got to find out. Get, get ourselves some statistical answers. Swamp, right. did you have any luck with the tallest AFL club? <laughs> uh, I did. Now, I do feel that this one was a little bit unfair because the, um, the clubs actually have different numbers of players. Some have more. Um, so oh. if, you, if you're going with total height, it's Brisbane. Right. <laughs> Why do they, have, do they have more players? I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that either. Is it all because of Oscar McInerney, because he's so extremely tall that it brings up? Or was it just when, when they had the um, the Scott brothers, they counted them tw- you know, a few times, <laughs> so they just weren't sure. Have I counted you? I know yeah, you're one of the... Twi- uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so currently, yeah, Brisbane are the tallest with a combined total of... Um, 89.2 metres. Oh, no one's cracked the 100. Wow. I'm surprised by that. No. But uh, if, we, if, we went, um, if we went average height, which we probably should, GWS are the tallest at 189.8 centimetres and mm. Brisbane are second by 0.01 of a centimetre. Right. And, and, and Richmond come in as the shortest. And Richmond are the shortest. Really? Team? I love my short guys. Oh. <laughs> love my team. It's an omen. How we'll tall win. are the Bulldogs' average uh, height and how, mu- how much difference does it make if you take away Caleb Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm surprised um, Caleb Daniels 
not brought them down to the bottom of the list. They're actually sitting, they're the fourth shortest side. Uh, if we take Caleb Daniel out. He can just do this. This is so amazing. He's on his laptop and he's just, I'll just take Caleb Daniel out. It's like, it's like watching the movie Hackers. Yeah. Just, I'll just reroute the encryptions. Caleb Daniel encryptions. I wonder whether or not we will crack a, crack a hunch uh, in the future because our humans are getting taller. We are we're mm. evolving. We're evolving. So I reckon we'll, we'll get there one day. How do we go without Caleb? Uh, you drop down two spots. Oh, sorry, you, you jump up two spots. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, spots. Caleb, you're going to have to go. Uh, okay. <laughs> no way. Uh, Swamp, a couple more questions for you. Since the top eight system <coughs> came in in 1994, yep. uh, there have been 24 grand finals. Correct. Can you give us a breakdown on the where the premiers finished on the ladder? Oh, I know one. I know one. Bulldogs from seventh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bulldogs oh. from seventh. Um yeah, so of the 24, uh, 16 times the, the Premiers have finished in the top two on the ladder. Eight times in first and eight times in second. Really? Eight uh, times? Right. Not? Okay. Yeah. So but, only a third of the time does the team on top of the ladder win the grand final. Danny. Correct. Danny. Now, now Tess, Stop what, that as someone who's very panicky as a Richmond fan, do you think you should just give up now? I was panicked last year in third. I was panicked the year before that when we had to, when we, oh, we didn't even make it. Oh, that's right. I'm panicked all the time. It doesn't make a difference. So where have the other eight come from? Uh, so three sides have come from fifth and then Adelaide in 97 came from fourth and again in 98 Hell, they came th- from fifth. Three wow. si- hang on, you said three sides have come from fifth. Did you mean third? Five, sorry, five sides have come from third. Yeah, okay. oh, right. five yeah. from third. Okay, that's pretty good. So no one from sixth, no one from sixth. Ooh, no okay, one from eighth. there we go. All right, no one from eighth. Uh, well, there it is, uh, Tess. You've got a thirty-three percent chance of winning the premiership uh, this year based a... on those numbers. <laughs> Can I ask you something, Swamp? Sure. Uh, when the Eagles beat Collingwood at the MCG for the first uh, this year, it was the first time they'd won in twenty-three years or something like that. Correct. What's now yeah, the longest long drought for a two team for one team to beat another at a certain venue? <laughs> I would have to look it up. I've, okay. got, in, I've got in my head that it'll be Brisbane down at. Kidinia Park. Yeah, I, I knew it would be Kidinia. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, we'll have to look okay. that one up. Uh, another one here, Swamp. Now, we know that Hawthorne have never played Richmond before in a final. Correct. That's happening for the first time uh, on, th- on Thursday night. Yeah, so currently between Victorian sides, there are only three combinations that have never met in a final. That's one. It'll get knocked over this week. Uh, Carlton have never played the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs have never played Richmond in a final. Oh, as well. oh Danny! Okay. Look at us. Our time could come. It'll uh, be great, maybe. And, and we might play Carlton. No, okay, that'll never happen. Melbourne and Richmond. Yes. When was the last time they played each other in a final? The nineteen forty grand final. Great memory. So, only... <laughs> so nineteen forty is the last time Melbourne have played Richmond in a final, and it was the yes, grand final that correct. year. When was the last time they were both in a final series together? That, that was the next year, 1941. Wow. So the last time they've been in a final series together, that is extraordinary to me. Correct. Yeah. 1941. Uh, and uh, I know you've got some Tom Mitchell stats there as well. He is, <laughs> I do. He is a ball magnet. Uh, yeah, so because he's literally made of farious metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last year he set the record for most disposals in a home and away season with 787. Um, he needed 20, I think it was 26 to beat that this this year. Uh, George Hewitt was put on him in that last 
game. Oh, mm. Kept him quiet. Kept him quiet. So he ended up with 786. So he was one short of last year's oh. record. So would you call oh, that's that a, that's so a, a hangover? He's probably a, yeah, past yeah. his prime. It's Time to sell him off. Drop in form, that is. <laughs> yeah. That is a massive yeah. fail. So he got 50 plus touches twice this year. Correct. Uh, He's the only person that's ever done it more than once in their career. And it's only been done how many times? About five times. It's eight or nine. I think there's seven different players I think have done it. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question here. Without notice, Swamp, this one. Uh, Who has played the most consecutive games without a break? Uh, The question here on the SMS is, does Jim Stein still hold the record? Mm. Uh, He does. 244 games from the off the top of my head. Wow. There it is. Um, To the now, I, I should have written the person's name down before the the one that asked about the club lists and the first letters. Oh, oh the yeah, alphabetical yes. letters. Uh, so yes. this is the, the surname. First letter of the surnames <coughs> cover every letter of the alphabet. Correct. Uh, it hasn't happened. There's been five occasions where twenty one <laughs> letters have been covered off. Oh. <laughs> When was that? When was the last uh, one? One second, I just find my page again. Because <laughs> with the draft coming up, I think a lot of list managers it, need to factor this in. Need to be It'd be okay. nice to fill the gaps. Yeah. See, uh, so, I, I wanted both Tom Lynch's to play on the same side, That'd just be so because. Fun. Yeah. It would have been fun. It would have been, I guess. Yeah. Um, two, <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> in, uh, in soccer, there were two guys called Musa Dembele who played for Fulham. Oh, see, that would have made me happy. Wow. Go yeah. on, Swamp. Um, <laughs> Melbourne in 1985, 86 and 87 all had 21 letters of the alphabet covered off. Um, North Melbourne in 2010 also had 21 and Port Adelaide two years ago had 21. And I've looked up their list. They were missing a Q, a U, a V, an X and a Z. <laughs> all right. So we need, it's, Quinn is a pretty popular surname. Maybe a, maybe a Van, you know, Van, Van Helsing. Could come into the side. <laughs> come on, Port. You can do this. Maybe. Let's uh, let's get it together. Uh, Swamp. Any stats before we uh, before we let you go? Any parting stats for us uh, today? We've had uh, plenty of questions uh, come in on the SMS. We will have Swamp here with us uh, over the next four weeks. So if you do think of questions you would like to put to him. Uh, feel free to SMS those through when mm-hmm. we're back with you next week. Sure. Uh, well, I'll give you a Michael Tuck one because you, you picked him before. Yep. So if you take, you take a player's career and you add his margins of each match together um, and get a cumulative margin over, over your career. Oh, yes. Yep. Michael Tuck finished with uh, 10,315 in the positive. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Which is uh, nearly 3,000 more than any other player. Who's, who's yeah. second on that list? Chris Langford. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Fair enough. Uh, Swamp, thank you very much. Uh, At Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter, if you want to follow uh, Swamp's work there. On the SMS we've just had uh, is Tony Antrobus, great South Australian, played for North Adelaide, uh, the greatest mullet tattoo combo to play the (laughs) AFL from Richie. Just stats on that. I mean, it's a very, very (laughs) good mullet uh, tattoo combo there. Daddy McGinley, uh, we will be chatting very shortly about the final series Mm -hmm. and what's happening Mm -hmm. across the finals. So uh, do not go anywhere. And we're making a very, very important phone call. You're listening to ABC Grandstand. Grandstand. All righty, we need to talk about the finals, guys. Oh. And Thursday night, oh, Danny McGinley, oh. can you just give Tess and I a moment? Yeah. <laughs> Thursday night, the Hawks take on the Tigers at the MCG. Danny, maybe you could uh, preview this for yeah. us. 
because I'm, the, I'm very nervous. Do you want to take it away and then we'll add some bits? And I'm the only in. person without skin in this game. Skin uh, in, any, in any game, though. In any game? Yeah, they didn't make it, but... Oh, <laughs> really, Tess? Yes. So just Sorry. before I'm about to talk about your team... I'm just trying to, like... You're poking uh, the bear. I'm trying to become a person that I'm not, which is a confident, uh, uh, smack-talking Tigers fan. You're, you're turning us into a proper footy show. Yeah. Just a bit, oh, mate, wait, your team's terrible. Look Oi, out. Oh. Yeah, I don't, oh. have it in, I don't have it in me. Oh, strong as well. <laughs> yeah, looks like the Tigs and the Hawkers are taking each other on Thursday. Yeah, I feel weird doing that as well. Yeah. It's uh, this, is the, this is the match that, look, the, there, there are four great finals coming up, but I think it's not unfair to say this is the one everyone's most excited about. It's the Hawks are in red hot form. The Tigers are the team to beat. I genuinely could see this. I could see so many results and they're all believable. I could see the Tigers smashing them off the park. I could see the Hawks smashing them off the park. I could see a close game where one of you experiences heartbreak. It's genuinely (laughs) exciting because, uh, you know, I hate both your teams, so I really cannot lose (laughs) here. uh, You should not have invited him to do this. I made an error. You made an error. I thought I could trust him. I think uh, Hawthorne won't smash Richmond. I just can't foresee that happening at all. Richmond could possibly smash Hawthorne. Oh, we, we're very uh, – we, we don't smash people very often. There's been a few times – Brisbane this year was one. Frio last year was one. Is that, a, is that a mercy thing or is it the way you play? It's just the way <laughs> oh, we play. I feel sorry for them now. No, I think actually what is happening, and maybe I'm too confident and maybe I'm believing the hype around my own team, oh, is out. that oh, – here Hu- we go. Is that, is that hubris? Is yeah. that, <laughs> hello. Is that we play with the opposition for a period of time as much as we need to play with them. And then in the last quarter, we try and play our own style and then put teams away. And you, that's what we've done all year. You're like a cat toying with a mouse. Absolutely. Well, and like a, a, the cats as well, when Geelong were yes. dominating all those years ago, they would often be mm. level with the team at three quarter time. You think, oh, gee, they, the cat's going all right. And then they just. Yeah. Go bang in the last quarter. And all year I've kind of felt bad for opposition teams because at three-quarter time they say, how good is this? We're matching it with the Premiers. And yeah, then yeah. we kind of take it away and I feel awful. But that might not <laughs> <You> happen. feel <laughs> awful. <laughs> I remember really? being on the losing end so many times. So I still have empathy, guys. I've just but, worked out who you are as a football fan. You are oh. Marge Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not the first time I've heard that, which is embarrassing. <laughs> I just want everyone to have a really good time. Yeah, ghost mutt. Uh, yeah, I feel... Um... And if anyone's wondering, uh, Tess does have beehive blue hair yeah. today. So. <laughs> Matching right. it. Yeah. Uh, but I think Hawthorne, I'm really... I'm most intrigued about the coaching battle between two best friends. That's going to be brilliant. Like, Alistair Clarkson are is a genius. Are they best friends? Is this... Is no, this... they are. They, they go, are. They go jogging together every week. Really? Yeah. They've texted yeah, each yeah. other before, you know, the yeah. awards night during the week and their wives texted to find out what they were wearing. What sort of best friendship do you think? Is this like uh, Fred and Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble? Is it like Homer and Barney from The Simpsons? Is it like Ernie and Bert? <laughs> what right. sort of well, friendship? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think they bath together, so <laughs> I'm not going to say Ernie and Bert. Ernie uh, and Bert don't, don't bath, bathe together. No, they do their baths together. They're, well, often Ernie will be singing Rubber Ducky and Bert will come in and, you know what, we should probably talk, discuss this we'll off t- we'll, we'll take this offline. <laughs> You've got uh, your other podcast, your Bert and Ernie podcast. Yeah. You can do. Anyway, 0437 is the SMS number if you can clarify yeah. whether or not Ernie and Bert <laughs> bath together. Yes. Uh, I believe they do. Danny doesn't <laughs> believe so. Settle it. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it in a crazy way, but I'm very nervous. Are you going, Liam? I will be there. Can we uh, not see each other at the time? Because I, you know would, how, yeah, I won't. Would, 
be preferable. Well Someone done, said, you two. Well so, done. I, I just want to commend that. There are so many idiots that I know who go, oh, we should go to the footy together. No, Do, no, no. And no. definitely not in finals. No. You know how I watched our Crazy. first final last year. My partner is a Geelong fan and we both got tickets and I was very anxious and I said, all right, we're not sitting together though. Mm-hmm. And so we sat on in opposite bays but next to one another. So he was with the Geelong people and I was with the Richmond people and I yeah. got all my awesome new Richmond friends to kind of give him the two-finger salute for a, for a little while. Oh, they all geez. turned around and Marty got angry. Yeah, yeah, it was glorious. And then I felt bad, of course. I went and sat with him <laughs> in the last quarter. <laughs> I went and sat with them in the last quarter because I felt so awful. So anyway. I have plenty of mates who barrack for Richmond but I have no interest in going to the footy with any of them. I'd no. much rather go with a fellow Hawthorne fan. And We've talked about this on air. The one time you and I went to a Bulldogs-Hawks game, <laughs> right. was it was the match uh, test where Bob Murphy did his knee in 2016. Oh, gosh. And in, at, was, at three-quarter time, it was quite close, as I yeah. recall, and the dogs were sort of getting ahead, and we were right next to each other. And, you know, we're both cheering for our teams. But Limo, very tactfully at three-quarter time, said, I'm just going to get a beer. And I went, yeah, no worries. And then he actually moved seats. And we I... weren't sitting with each other for the last quarter. And it was for the best. It was, it was for the best. There was also an American comedian there. Asking oh, those, a lot of questions, I couldn't be bothered answering. Oh, yeah, so I was just way too into the game. Yeah, I go to the footy by myself quite a lot, so that I don't have to talk to anybody. So I can be anxious by myself, which is, I think, quite preferable. But anyway, uh, but let's let's best do our luck to you. Tips tight. Well, we know who we're tipping. Danny, Danny Beginlay, what's your tip? Uh, look, I've, I've sort of resigned myself to just always tip Richmond this year, and it's sort of worked out. So I'm, I'm going to tip the Tigers. But as I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks. Uh, I, I can see them smashing it. Okay. Uh, well, the Tigers quite rightly going as favourites and really should win that one. Massive lost mm. opportunity if you don't win uh, that one test. <laughs> would, would you uh, say liquidate the club? If they, yeah. <laughs> say, uh, throw it all away. Don't even bother playing the next round of finals. Uh, Eagles and the Magpies. Collingwood heading west uh, to Perth Stadium. Uh, a tough assignment heading over there. But I tell you what, I am tipping the pies. Dead I, set. Yeah, yeah, I've just got a feeling... That they're, they're in a nice little vein of form, uh, yeah. the Pies, and I've just got a feeling they're going to get over the Eagles. It's going to be interesting. It's kind of the worst. Uh, Collingwood's Achilles heel, I think, is their defence. They have been lacking all year, and they've kind of been cobbling together players. And, and West Coast forward line is, is amazing. So if they can come up with something, if Bucks, bearded Bucks, can come up with something amazing yeah. to stop oh, yes. that forward line, then they're definitely in with a chance. Well, but... we, we need Bucks to be growing his beard during bye week. Yes. And then, then the win's guaranteed. Yeah, oh, the, the grand yeah. final's guaranteed for Collingwood then. I think then. so. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in with a chance. But they also just played, you know, in Perth. So that's kind of good. They've got to run around on the ground at Perth Stadium. Yeah. So that's exciting. But So are you, oh. tipping the, are you tipping the pies? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. So you're tipping the Eagles. Well, jo- is Josh yeah. Kennedy is Josh Kennedy a tipping point for you? If he plays, do you tip the Eagles? If he doesn't play, you tip in the Pies. If he tips, if he plays, I think the Eagles will definitely win. But right. anyway, that's okay. it on the fence, isn't it? Okay, it really but you're, is. Well, you're I'm tipping, tipping the Eagles. You're tipping the Eagles. Okay. Uh, Danny? Well, if you had tipped Collingwood, I would have gone for the Eagles. So now I've got to actually have an opinion. I reckon, <laughs> well, I reckon home ground advantage will just sort the Eagles mm. out. But I think. It will be a blessing for Collingwood to lose because that'll fire them up and they will roar into the grand final. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah all right. So, okay, you're tipping the Eagles as well. Yep. What if, Danny Beginlay, what if you're watching the game yep. on Saturday night okay. and you see Step off of the team bus 
Nathan Buckley with a Max Gorn style beard. I will change my tip in a heartbeat. There we go. And Collingwood will win by 10 goals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Done. There it is. Uh, Bucks, you know what's required. Yeah. Uh, the Battle of the Bridge. Who are you tipping, by the way? Collingwood. Oh, you just yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. don't uh, Who are you listening to? <laughs> uh, just tuning in. I wanted to you SEM. to change yeah. you. <laughs> uh, Battle of the Bridge is back. <laughs> Uh, up, in the, up at the SCG, Swans and the Giants. I, For mine, I know this week's rest has been uh, very helpful for GWS, mm. but I'm, I just think the Swannies. The Swans have got the, uh, they've got the medal of GWS. They've beaten them both times this year. And yeah, uh, yeah GWS seemed to be, you know, I, I always tease myself when I use this term, they were the sleeping giant for a while. They were sort of, they were smashing teams and they, they don't get as much coverage. Yeah. So they were actually my dark horse to win mm. the grand final. But they've just sort of faded away in the last couple of weeks. And sadly, yeah, the Swans just know how to beat them. Uh, you bring Buddy and Parker back into that side uh, that played Hawthorne in round 23. And I reckon, Swannies for mine. All Australian captain, Buddy Franklin, yeah. rolling around again in that forward line. I don't know. I mean, the Giants, who knows what they are capable of. They're so talented. And yeah. maybe this year where they were written off at the beginning and they've rallied could be good, but probably the Swans. Swans. So that's it's unanimous. Three of us picking yeah, the Swannies sorry, there. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth final, uh, the D's play the Cats Friday night at the MCG. This I'm is going to this one. Massive. Yeah, You're going to be at this game. I'm very excited. I'm going with uh, some Demons friends, even though I'm, I'm sort of neutral. But because I'm going with Demons friends, I will be supporting the, mm-hmm. the Red and the Blue. They are the, the Cinderella story of this year. Yeah. And it's it's going to be yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I can't wait to hear the roar of the success-starved Demons fans as yeah. they run out onto the fields. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. And as much as I, of course, want would love Hawthorne to win the flag, if Melbourne won the flag, what a oh. joy it would be to have Bulldogs, Richmond, yeah. Melbourne three years in a what row. What a trilogy. Yeah. And, oh God, and, and Saints the... fans would just be so angry. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, poor St Kilda! But anyway, guys, don't bring them into this. Okay. Can we? Can we spare a thought? <laughs> Every everyone says this is positive for Melbourne, Melbourne Football Club. This is great. No one's yeah. a loser out of this, but there are losers. Yeah, out of this, out of the fact that Melbourne are playing finals. Right, and you know who the losers are? They are the business owners at the ski resorts <laughs> around this great country of ours who are losing money. <laughs> Because the Demons fans aren't there in September. They're going to be in Melbourne supporting oh. their team. So I think we need to take a few moments to uh, chat with someone who is severely affected by the fact <laughs> that Melbourne are playing finals this year. He is the Mount Buller Ski Lift Manager, Laurie Blampede, who joins us on Grandstand. Hello, Laurie. Good afternoon. Uh, tell us, Laurie... Uh, how are things in the ski fields? Are you feeling the impact of the Melbourne Football Club playing finals? Well, could have been folklore would have it that our visitation in September will be decimated this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the number of Range Rovers in the car park will be, will be obliterated. <laughs> right. So are you concerned, Laurie? Well, we're not really concerned for a couple of factors. First yeah. of all, there's plenty of other Melbourne clubs that have uh, that have missed out in playing finals, and uh, some of them have got more members than Melbourne, so uh, they're very welcome up here. We've got lots of Bulldog supporters <laughs> up here at the moment. And, yeah, but uh, they're on remand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe, Laurie, you are a Bulldogs fan? 
Yes, yes, indeed. I'm a, I'm a tragic. Right. And oh, this is why you're awesome, Laurie. This is uh, my, my brother. What, uh, what do you think is the bigger threat, though, to um, the ski industry? Melbourne's success or global warming? Uh, look, I'd have to say Melbourne's success. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. And is it true, Laurie, that more Melbourne fans visit the snow than other clubs? Have you undertaken uh, any sort of uh, anecdotal survey over the years? Look, you, you never want to let the facts get in the way of a good story. True, true. And, and, and uh, this, this, this myth has been perpetuated uh, for many, many years. How, how long have the, bro- uh, the could have been been broadcasting now? I think it's the best part of <laughs> yeah. 30, 30 years, years, 35 years. So <laughs> far be it from me to, to let the air out of their tyres. Right, OK. So you're saying it's the could have that started the... Well, if they didn't start it, they've been uh, <laughs> instrumental in the propagation of this uh, of this uh, of this story. Right. Okay. Well, and Laurie, tell us how is the snow? By the way, is things still looking good up there? Snow snow conditions are absolutely uh, outstanding in in all of the resorts, and uh, it's it's uh, this weekend. The AFL have been very uh, very kind in uh, declaring a buy. Uh, for this first week in, weekend in September. So um, I think all the resorts are enjoying great visitation from supporters of all, uh, of all teams. And more importantly, just going back to Melbourne, and, uh, and I'd love to see Melbourne uh, w- win the flag this year, as you are just saying. But uh, we, we, our season goes through to the um, 7th of October. So they can go to the grand final, they can have a big party and uh, they've got another week to come up oh, so uh, and, and ski. They should probably just do the cup presentation up, up there at Buller. <laughs> I mean, that's, yes. well, and it's, let's, let's be honest, they don't have a home ground, so then no, you might as well do it at Buller. <laughs> In fact, I think the grand final night party, they get straight on a bus, now head we're to talking. Buller. Yes, at the uh, lodge. And there it is. Laurie, you'll take good care of them, I imagine? They're welcome. We we look after all. We look after all uh, all the footballers up here, and there's a few of them get around this time of year on the on the down low. Oh, oh. right, okay. Uh, any any footballers that are particularly good skiers, Laurie, or snowboarders? Well, well, I was just talking to uh, just talking to Brad Johnson as I uh, as oh, I yeah. walked in to take this call. He's up here with his family, uh, licking his wounds, I might add, from uh, from a grueling game on Friday night. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. so. Uh, so uh, he was looking a bit ginger, but uh, had a had a big smile on, nevertheless. Now there's some look, there's some uh, some very good skiers uh, and an ex Melbourne player for that matter. Uh, Peter Moore's a, a well known skier up here, and uh, um, and both him and his son Darcy are very 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 competent skiers. Wow. All right, well, Laurie, we are very happy to hear that the bottom hasn't fallen out of your business there, <laughs> and that things are still functioning beautifully despite the fact that Melbourne fans are going to be busy this September. Uh, Laurie Blampede from the Mount, or the Mount Buller Ski Lift Manager. Thank you for joining us on Grandstand. My pleasure. So what about the Providors? I think cheese platters are probably flying out the door in, yes. in, before Friday night's match. Yeah. Also, we have the comprehensive list of people who love the bye, which is AFL players currently listed, yep. and Laurie at the front. <laughs> That's and and no one else. <laughs> I think that is the end of the list, and that is the end of They Came to Play Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back every Sunday until the Sunday after uh, the grand final. And following that, we'll return to uh, regular podcasting programming. Tess Armstrong, thank you and all the best Thursday night. All the best to you. Go Tigers. Uh, Danny McGinley, thank you. Thank you. Go Dogs in the AFLW. (laughs) Rain Premiers. Uh, My name is Limo. Go the Hawks. And after the news... 
Western Australia, you are off to the waffle. Everyone else, stick around because Corbin Middlemas is taking you through a comprehensive season review. My name is Limo, and thank God this buy round is nearly over.